0: Clayton. John
1: Clayton. Hey, Mom! I'm done with my
0: segment! This is the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts with John Clayton.
1: Brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill.
0: Time to talk football with the professor, John Clayton. If you guys have questions for John, text him in right now to 710-710. Try to get to some of your questions before we let him go for the day. Hi, John. Hello, guys. Well, I don't know if you were aware of this, but uh, the Lions lost last night. You didn't, yeah, yeah. I, I know yeah. you thought they were going to win, but they didn't. Oh, failed. no, 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 no. Yeah. I
1: thought they were going to lose. <laughs> <laughs>
2: we know, John, because you said you don't even need to play the game.
1: Don't even need to play the and, game. And Did,
2: you know what? When it was 7 nothing, John, I was going to call you and go,
1: In your face, Professor! Well, what about when it was 17-14? Yeah, uh, it was and actually good. it ended up 35-17. It was a good game for a bit. Hmm hmm But yeah. again, they're terrible. I mean, it's like... Uh, you can see that you know they're deep. They're 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 weak on the cornerback position. You know they're now down two of their top three cornerbacks. Uh, that's not good. Do they have a running back? Uh, not because a good one. DeAndre, their leading
0: rusher was uh, Jared Goff last night.
1: Yeah, John DeAndre Swift, who they, I think it was a second round pick last year, second or third round pick, and he didn't do much. And uh, you know they cut Carry On Johnson. So uh, running back. No, they don't really have much there, so that's not good. And uh, you know, wide receivers. I mean, they let you know Marvin Jones, Jones go, Kenny Galladay go. I mean, you know, again, what we're and again, I, I'm I'm not saying that uh, they're poorly run, but the way that now they're not like Houston, but what they did is that they they broke this team down. And when you break a team down and get rid of that much talent, it's going to be hard to win. And certainly, uh, you know, they. Uh, we, you know, got was 38-10 to 10 in the early part of the San Francisco game. And, you know, when San Francisco started losing their defensive backs, they were able to rally back and make it an eight-point game. Well, in this game against Green Bay, once Green Bay decided, hey, we do want to play football this year, then it wasn't close. Yeah,
0: so is it – how do you judge Jared Goff in when he's surrounded by this, I guess, lack of talent? Uh, you know, he he played pretty decently for the most part. He mm-hmm. did turn the ball over with that fumble. That fumble was a killer. But – ultimately you know I'm wondering how much slack he and the head coach have considering you're identifying what I assume most around the league know that there's just not a lot to work with
1: yeah I mean I think that uh, he's probably better right now than people think you know because say what you want you know when he was with the Rams he did go to the Super Bowl now they shut him down totally in a Super Bowl with Bill Belichick's defense and the Bears type of uh Defensive line that they used, but overall, I thought that uh, you know he did some good things. But when you don't have the talent, I mean, we watch that with Matthew Stafford, and he's not as good as Matthew Stafford because say what you want, you know Stafford at times was able to take a bad football team and get it to the playoffs. Didn't win a playoff game, but he got him to the playoffs. In this case, you know particularly with the team that's around him right now, and I don't know how long they'll stay with Jared Goff, but uh, it's it's just going to take a couple years, two three years, to be able to build things back.
2: Professor, did you by any chance see the Eli and uh, Peyton broadcast?
1: I didn't. I was more interested in just watching the game, particularly yeah. with the way the game started. You know, because uh, you know, I, I just when, when when you see Detroit get up to a lead, and then you see Green Bay struggling like they did, and Green Bay's defense is not good. I think that you can see that. Uh, so I was more interested in the game. But uh, you you know that Eli and Peyton are going to do a great job. I mean, I think what the ratings were up to like uh, 1.8 million or something like that, which is almost like uh, 50% more than last week. So it's going to be good. But uh, I was more interested in the game than Peyton or Eli.
2: See, I wasn't interested in the game at all. So I went and, and mm-hmm. listened to those guys. And, it, you know, like uh, Schlereth was just telling us, they – Are they sort of cannibalizing themselves at ESPN? Because it was on ESPN2. Right. And, you know, I don't know how many. I wonder how many of those... Are new lists or uh, viewers
1: that wouldn't normally watch a game, but they tune in because yeah. of those two guys. You know, hard hard to tell. I mean, because yeah. that's the one thing that uh, you know kind of needs to be figured out. Because if you're you know ESPN, you have the games on ABC, so you get an audience there. You have the games on ESPN. You now have uh, Peyton and Eli on uh, espn2 and so you know and then of course you got streaming and all that stuff so there's a lot of things going on but uh, you know i to sort it sort it out uh, the ratings will come in uh, later today maybe it probably already have and check it out yeah
2: and john do you are you one like me that thinks peyton manning's hilarious oh yeah absolutely uh, He's He'd, always been that way. He's really funny. And then his brothers, little brother's gave him a hard time about the size of his head. Mm-hmm. There was mm-hmm. a, the whole thing about which this is an old joke for, that I've heard ever since I got in the league, but it was like, would you rather have $10,000 or Peyton Manning's helmet full of quarters? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Wow. So, yeah, there, there was a lot of that going what would you, on. What did
1: you think of the shot at the Patriots?
2: Oh, yeah, he did. He took a shot. At, he said something about how the receivers – you know, he he told his receivers. Was it when they played in yeah. New, New England? Yeah, that they would go back in the shower. Yeah, no, it's
1: when when uh, uh, he would be uh, at home because I think what in one of the Super Bowls, uh, the Indy Super Bowl, New Orleans was there. I mean, New England was there. Oh, in, their in faci- Indy. Yeah, in Indy. So it's like, uh, and, and he says, you know, I I have told all the receivers, it's like, hey, if we want to talk plays, we'll have to go into the shower because if yeah. we talk because you know, I'm sure that Bill Belichick's put some kind of a, uh, right. a, a a sound device in there to be able to pick things up, listening it's, device. Isn't it amazing
0: device. how paranoid he made the rest of the league? I wonder if ultimately that was his goal, or if it, or how much truth there was to any of this.
1: Oh, well, I think he. I mean, that's that's what he loves to do. I mean, because, I mean, you see it at the owners' meetings because he'll come up with, uh, you know, rule changes. And and basically, the rule changes benefit the Patriots.
2: Well, you know, I would say this. Having talked to some fairly high-up people in the NFL, the thing that they say is that there's always smoke. Mm -hmm. You know, there's always smoke. Like, you know, there was a a rumor. You're saying there's a fire there. Yeah. So, (laughs) I mean— there was a rumor that the the interception that Russ threw on the one-yard line against the Patriots that they were running that play at their practice. Their scout team was running that. Mm-hmm. And, like, they hadn't shown that all year. Mm-hmm. Like, they had not run that play on the goal line, and it looked like Malcolm Butler knew that was coming. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of little things like that that, uh, that kind of go along with that nothing – Terribly egregious. I mean, I get the whole thing about trying to hide the inflation of the football, but as far as inflating it or deflating it is ridiculous mm-hmm. because it doesn't matter, and nobody, in there, nobody could tell the difference. And well, no, don't, he, don't he, take it from me. Yeah. Take it from a Hall of Fame quarterback, Warren Moon, said the, 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 the range there between whatever it was, 12 PSI and 16, he's like, you could not tell the difference mm-hmm. between. So it was just a little bit of a preference thing. It wasn't anything cheating. It's just that they tried to hide it. They tried to cover it up and that's what, you know, kind of adds continues to add to this whole the legend I guess that's
1: what were you going to say, John? Sorry. Yeah. What, what I was going to say is that uh, you know, like on that the play at the one yard line, they practice it seven or eight times during the week. And of course, one of the keys to the play is to make sure that uh, you know you you take out the uh, you know the the main receiver, the blocker. Yeah. The yeah. Main, yeah. And again, it's like who did they have on him? Brandon Browner. Yeah. How many times do you think Brandon Browner's run that play in practice? Yeah. I mean, that's that was the bad part about that one but you know getting back to uh you know spygate and also uh all the other things that have happened i mean i i still remember you know when they they got caught for spygate and all that stuff mm-hmm. i get this real strange email from uh somebody who x'd out you know it's all x'd out as far as you know where it comes from you know and all that stuff and so yeah you can't you can't tell who it came from but it came from somebody in the, the- illuminati Yeah, no, 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 no. It came from somebody who used to work in the uh, Patriots front office, because I know Chris Mortensen and a whole bunch of us, you know, got got these emails. And basically what it did is explained how they all set this thing up. And so, uh, you know, for because what they did is that, uh, you know, they'd have, you know, the uh, photographer, uh, you know, trying to. you know, make sure that he picks up the signals from the sidelines and then he tapes those. And then at halftime, he would then meet two or three coaches in the side. And then, uh, next thing, you know, that, uh, you know, they're getting the word upstairs in the press box to the, to the coaching staff. And then, uh, you know, being able to say, okay, if this happens. And then of course the other thing was they would have the frequency guy, particularly in home games, be able to go ahead and get past the 15 second, uh, you know the 15 second uh, mark in the uh, to the to the quarterback and so that, that all of a sudden is like if you see this and you can read the play then you can go to Brady Roger 5 Roger 5 meaning okay there going to be a blitz coming from the right side and so he can pick that up change the protection and then uh, you know get the pass downfield and they did that all the time and so uh, they had that going and the frequency thing going and a whole bunch of other things going. I mean, again, you know, they would send uh, the people from the Patriots to the hotel, the visiting hotel, just to see if there's any kind of plate sheets in the, uh, in in the garbage in and the stuff garbage. like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, and, like, uh, that's like Animal House. You're yeah, looking for the test. Going through the dumpsters and, 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 to and, look for Yeah, the... but they were so successful that, uh, you know, basically Bill Belichick banned— Uh, bob Kraft from coming into the scouting office because all of a sudden you had all these different you know references to other teams and different things like that and so and i still remember carolina you know they're in the super bowl against them and uh, they basically said on saturday that the photographer was able to you know shoot the the walkthrough and the snaps and all that stuff and they were able to incorporate that into the games
0: so basically, you're saying all of the paranoia is warranted. Oh
1: yeah, that's yeah. why. That's okay. why. He's, that's why it's called Bill Belichick.
0: Yeah. Well, yes, he is. <laughs> he certainly is. I'm not going to sit here and defend him. Certainly. Hey, uh, a couple of questions from the texters here. The four two five says, Professor, what do you think of Trey Flowers so far compared to previous seasons?
1: Better than most of the people in the city. I mean, right now, they I think they want to run him out. Uh, bad. I think you're right. And uh, you know, and you know, you can see with uh, you know. What Pete said yesterday, that he must be thinking in the back of his mind, maybe there is a time to make a change, because, you know, he says that, uh, you know, on, you know, DJ Re- Reader and also Triflowers, well, they're battling, they're battling. Well, that battling doesn't mean he's they're succeeding. I mean, I, I think DJ Reader is, but uh, you know, Trey Flowers made a couple of bad plays on Sunday, and it cost him. It cost him big time. And so uh, now you wonder. I mean, you got Sidney Jones, you got uh, you know Austin, you got B- B- bless Austin, and you know what other options that they you can see. Uh, Trey Flowers is uh, Trey, Bos- Trey uh, Bos- Brown. Brown is about a week away. Oh, from- good. Yeah, so he, he should be back next week, so it's like those options are there, and of course you're going against a, t- a passing type of team in Minnesota, so we'll see where that goes, and of course, you know, the next game is so important, because it's a Thursday night game on a short week, going against the Rams.
2: Yeah, you know, what do you think happened with uh, with Marquise Blair? I, I thought we were going to see more of him. Mm-hmm. He didn't have very many snaps, it looked like they went with Amadi, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Ugo was out there quite a bit, but... Uh, the one thing that he brings, Blair, is a physical nature and to that to that defense. And you know, John, I mean, it, it's early, and we're we're talking about overreacting. What did I say the number was, Bob? They're giving up 434 yards, yeah, on defense right mm-hmm. now. Every each game. So in those two games, all of a sudden, you know, and that's one of the things. You know, they've over the last few years they've bled yardage, but they've been able to make big plays. So you know, that's the one thing I think that's that's missing. I mean, they're getting a pass rush, but Remember, in 19, they had more turnovers than anybody in the mm-hmm. – uh, takeaways, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, 32 takeaways, I think. And, you know, they were – but they were like, you know, 27th, 28th in almost every category. you got to start taking the ball away if they're going to give up that much yardage.
1: Yeah, but, you know, look league-wide. I mean, you're seeing so much of that uh, because, you know, we, we're normally when you start a season, it's supposed to be, you know, defenses ahead of offenses, and that's not the case this year. Because you know, look at the, the number of points that the Rams have given up. I mean, this was the number one defense in the league, and it's not—it's not—it's not anywhere close right now. And that's not even going against the Chicago Bear team in the first game of the season. You know, you've got uh, Tampa Bay. I mean, they're giving up more than 25 points a game. I mean, look at the way defenses are right now, and so many of the good teams with the supposed good defenses are struggling. Now, you can't say that about the Denver Broncos, but, you know, heck, they played you know Daniel Jones and the New York Giants, and they played a Jacksonville team that's just pathetic, and then this week they have the New York Jets. But, uh, you know, a lot of the good teams... With good defenses, are giving up points and yards.
2: Well, when you look at <laughs> Carolina, leads every single statistic. Yeah. defensively, but they played the Jets and then they played Jameis Winston, correct? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And and they they blitz like mad.
0: Huh. John, the five hundred nine is asking which of the two and O teams in the NFC West are real contenders and which are pretenders.
1: Well, I mean, <clears throat> I th- I still think that Arizona's more of a wild card playoff team, not necessarily. A Super Bowl contender, you can still make the argument depending on where they are on injuries that San Francisco's in there, but Seattle and the Rams are definitely in that mix
2: hmm. uh, yeah, Christian McCaffrey I just mentioned Carolina. good to have him back. I mean I think that's good for the league as well, but the, what did he play in three games last year, John yeah, I think yeah. they lost all three of them, and so yeah it's it's good to see him
1: getting back in it out in Carolina hmm No doubt about it because he's such a good back catching the football, running the football, the most complete back in the game, and it just makes their offense so much better. And so, and right now, when you look at the seven teams with 2-0 records, I mean, Carolina is now emerging as the surprise team, you know, because, uh, you know, they're 2-0. They've got the defenses playing great. You I know, mean, they got McCaffrey. You know, they've got a couple good receivers. Uh, offensive line's not bad. And, you know, Sam Darnold is okay, but uh, right now he's 2-0.
0: Hey, John, I, I was looking at a headline, I think it was ESPN, that basically said once the, team, the Bears, they were talking mm-hmm. about the Bears, and once they turn to Justin Fields, there's no going back. And I've heard that in relation to other young quarterbacks, whether it's, you know, with the Jets and Zach Wilson, the, hey, you went with them, you got to stick with him. Why? Why? Yeah. If, if a guy's out there struggling, let's say they, they turn to Justin Fields and... He has a bad stretch. I don't. I don't understand that logic. But you hear it a lot. That well, you make that decision. You got to live with it. No, you don't.
1: No, you hear it from the fans because the fans don't. Well, want these are it. these
0: are writers that I'm talking yeah,
1: about. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, it's like they're the writers and also the fans uh, because you know they had the press conference on Monday. Matt Nagy didn't say who he was going to start at quarterback because he was still waiting to find out how bad it is on the bone bruise for Andy Dalton. But what ends up happening is that uh, you know he. That he had to send a PR guy back in the room and said, "Hey, listen, when he's healthy, Andy Dalton's still the starter." Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Hey, uh, John, uh, Bruce Arians down <laughs> in Tampa Bay starting off the year just like he did last year, criticizing Tom Brady. <laughs> Remember early on against, Car- uh, oh, yeah. it was against New Orleans. Yeah, he was on him, and he, I guess he uh, he was saying that uh, there was a strip sack in the game, and he's saying that he held on to the ball too long. You know, when we read these things, because we were talking earlier about Pete Carroll saying how Russ could have helped him out by hitting the the checkdowns, it's foolish to think that they didn't have that conversation before. You know, and I'm sure just as, as Arians, you know, is criticizing Tom Brady
1: Pete Carroll saying this about Russell Wilson, they've already had the conversation. Yeah, right? and you, you can't overreact to it because, again, it's like, uh, <clears throat> is, is he uh, down on Tom Brady? Well, Tom Brady has nine, nine touchdown passes. He's uh, had six consecutive regular season games where he's thrown for uh, three touchdown passes or more. He's had six of seven games dating back to last year where he's thrown for over 300 yards. Where's the criticism? He's carrying a two and team that now goes against the uh, Los Angeles Rams.
0: Gotten multiple texts here, so I'll just make it one question about DK and how worried you are about his his attitude. Basically, asking is he going to become a distract distraction? Is he becoming one of those kind of diva wide receivers? What, where are you at with DK right uh, now?
1: Right now, I mean, he's got to get he's got to stop uh, getting in the faces of the defensive backs that cover him. I mean, that's very simple because you know he's making mistakes. And, uh, you know, it's it's costing the team because it gets either a penalty for taunting or a penalty here or there. And he's got to stop that, you know, a pass interference, offensive pass interference. I mean, this this has to stop. But I think that he's a good enough person that uh, he will make a stop. And then, you know, Russell Wilson just has to pull him under his wing and says, hey, DK, is, let's slow down in this stuff. I mean, you know, that Pete Carroll is working on it just like he's working with Jamal Adams and that trying to make sure. So I think the team will respond, and I think the DK Metcalf will respond.
0: I think, I think and Dave and I talked about this, I think he could be like Breno Giacomini in that, remember Breno was costing them because he was a hothead yeah. and he was getting penalties, and I, I clearly remember they were on the road and Pete sat him down on the bench, and you could see he was giving him a stern talking to. <laughs> and, and then shortly after that, he became a guy that became an asset with that attitude mm-hmm. in that he would get the other guys riled up but they would get the flags thrown on them. He knew when to sort of pull back and be the victim, and he became very good at it. That's where DK needs to get.
1: Yeah, agreed. And uh, I mean, you can see that uh, you know DK is a good person and all that stuff. It's not like uh, I mean, you know, his his father was an offensive lineman in the National Football League, and so you know he's got that. Uh, certainly, I mean, when you look at his talent and all that stuff, I mean, he is a big time talent, and uh, he he needs to get you know more downfield than, than he has in the first two games, and he also just got to stop making these mistakes. Well and you know it's funny, it was the exact opposite
2: last year. Yeah. Last year he drew the penalties. Mm-hmm. I think it was Stefan Gilmore, uh was it Kirkpatrick with the mm-hmm. with Arizona, Darius Slay. There was one other man where he was able to, to get that get them fighting him and they were the ones that got the penalties. But Look, you know, like you said, John, I mean, it's good to remember that he's a good guy. He yeah, really is. Yeah. That's, a, that's a very unselfish room with those receivers in there. And, you know, he's got Tyler Lockett to, you know, sort of uh, be his mentor in there. And so, yeah, it's just he gets fired up. I mean, look, that, that's, that's the way you should be. And when they show a, a, you know, a shot of him and mm-hmm. he's spitting on the ground, you can say you, you know, he's swearing and stuff like that. Well, that's pretty much the mood you should be in when you're playing football. Right, agreed.
1: I mean, uh, swearing on the football field. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I know that Derek Carr would be against that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I saw the other day where uh, Gruden was hugging Carr, and they were sitting there talking to each other, and I was like, "Yeah, he's probably cursing at him." Oh yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> John the three six zero is saying Blair is a playmaker. Would they ever consider putting him outside at the outside corner?
1: No, no, because he's he's a safety and he's a slot cornerback. Putting him outside, I, I think would you know. Uh, he may have the speed to be able to do it, but I don't think he has the footwork to be able to do it.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure he's played corner. I mean, probably in high school. Nickel. Yeah, nickel. I mean, yeah, like, but I mean, out on the, no, the outside. No, no, no.
1: Hmm. You, you don't want to make that kind of transition. I mean, this is the National Football League, and you're at the very best, and you're just like taking the player and putting him in a position he's never been, that's tough.
2: Well, and I can guarantee you at least one of the catches that Trey Flowers gave up was mm-hmm. one that I did on Football 101. It's on the linebacker. Okay, he okay. has outside. Um, he has outside leverage, and you know, and Bobby needed to. You know, he sucked up to the line of scrimmage, and they threw it right over his head. Two plays later, they'd run the same play, and Bobby does it right, and he doesn't. You know, Tannehill has to th- you know bring the ball down. So a lot of the times where people are like, "Oh, look at that, Trey Flowers just got burned again." You know, why is he this and that? It's like uh, you know, on the touchdown to Julio Jones that wasn't. Yeah. You know, somebody was saying, well, why is Brooks covering him? Well, he wasn't. He was back in his zone and the Mm -hmm. guy was running through his zone. So, I mean, a lot of it looks, you know, it's not as it appears if you if you know, you know, who's dropping where. So, yeah, but of
1: course, I mean, it goes into the same pattern we've seen now in the last two years. It's like, Trey Flowers makes a mistake or doesn't make a mistake. Let's get rid of Trey Flowers. Yeah. Same thing yeah. with Ken Norton Jr. I mean, say what you want about Ken Norton Jr. Look how well he did in the big plays early in the game to hold them down to field goals uh, in, in the red zone. Mm-hmm. John, we
0: appreciate it. We'll talk. Uh, t- are we talking tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. I thought there was a Mariner Day game. That's Thursday, There is, right? but we'll
1: talk. All right. All okay. right. We'll get See it. To John. Thanks, okay. John. Thanks, John.
0: Thanks. All right. If you missed any of today's cold, hard facts brought to you by Coors Light, made to chill, download the podcast at 710sports.com. Is Thursday the day game? Okay. My bad. I thought it was tomorrow. Uh, coming up, speaking of the Mariners, have they found a new ace? We'll talk about that next. It's Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle.